Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Text for my message this morning is the epistle lesson, which is appointed for this day from Paul's second letter to the Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, which was read earlier. Brothers and sisters in Christ, my grandpa Rosso was a big, strong farmer in Michigan who could be occasionally sarcastic and pessimistic. For example, I remember when he told me, not many of us get out of this world alive. (laughs) I was only five years old. But I guess you're never too young to, to face reality. Scripture does say, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. But I guess you're never too old to face that reality either. I remember when my dad and his brother, my uncle Hermie, were commiserating about the reality of death. Now, mind you, these were two mature, ordained ministers of the gospel. So I guess even secure Christians can reflect human insecurity in the face of death. I remember dad saying, I I hope I die in my sleep. And then I remember my uncle Hermie replied, I can do better. I hope the Lord returns first. (laughs) Cowards. But they're not alone. I think there's a little coward in each of us when it comes to death. There certainly was some cowardice among the Thessalonians when it came to death. Two areas of concern for the Thessalonians were these. First, they were being persecuted. Now, persecution is especially tough on recent converts, on young Christians. So Paul wanted to encourage them to remain steadfast in the faith. Second, many Thessalonians thought that Jesus would return during their lifetime. But what if they died before his return? So Paul wanted to encourage them in face of that scenario as well. Encouragement. That seems to be a recurrent theme in Paul's letter to the Thessalonians. Last week's epistle lesson ended like this. Encourage each other with these words. And this week's epistle lesson ended like this. Therefore, encourage each other and build each other up. Encouragement seems to be trending. First, in light of persecution. Second, in light of our own inevitable death. And third, in light of our Lord's return. The Thessalonians were persecuted. Actually, that was quite common in the early Christian church. History records multiple incidences of the persecution of Christians under the first five Roman emperors. In fact, every one of the disciples was martyred, with the exception of John, who was simply exiled to Patmos. Persecution of Christians continued throughout history as the spread of Christianity grew. But lest we be naively or arrogantly blind to the present reality in our own country, 
maybe we need to entertain the notion that there is persecution of Christians that happens right here. I mean, not only do we live in a post-Christian culture, but in an increasingly anti-Christian culture. We, too, need encouragement. And we, too, need to encourage each other. The world turns its back on Christians because God the Father turned his back on his own son on the cross for you and me. We heard Jesus cry out, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why? Because God loves us. That's why. Paul wrote in Romans 5, 8, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Our Lord's darkest hour provided light for you and me. We were assured in our epistle lesson, but you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to surprise you like a thief. For you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Encourage each other to be prepared, but not scared. So how about these encouraging words from Paul to the Christian church in Rome? He wrote, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors, through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, not even death. Paul wrote in his great resurrection chapter in 1 Corinthians 15 that the last enemy to be defeated is death. And it was defeated by our Lord Jesus himself. Paul wrote later in that chapter, when the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on immortality, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are the champions through Christ. Okay, so we've been encouraged in the face of death with our Lord's death and resurrection, but when is he going to return? I don't know. Even our Lord in his state of humiliation suggested he didn't know in Matthew 24, 36. He said, but concerning that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but the Father only. 
Okay, then what do we know about our Lord's return? We know it will be visible. Matthew 24, 30 reads, Then will appear in heaven the sign of the Son of Man, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And the angels said to the star-struck and awe-struck disciples at our Lord's ascension, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way you saw him go into heaven. Well, then what happens to us, especially if we're already dead? Well, Jesus does seem to indicate that our soul will be in his presence immediately at death. After all, he told the thief hanging on the cross next to him that he would be with Jesus that day in paradise. But wait, there's more. Even our bodies will be raised gloriously on the last day. 1 Corinthians 15, 42 to 44 reads, So it is with the resurrection of the dead. What is sown is perishable. What is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Notice Paul's grammar. He calls it a spiritual body. Body is the noun. Spiritual is the modifier. So the body is not lost, but rather modified by the spirit. Our body in the resurrection will be a physical body, but one that is altogether good, minus the limitations of mortality and fatigue and hunger and thirst, etc. So even if we die before our Lord's return, we will still be in his presence immediately and then fully and finally in the resurrection. That is certainly encouraging. And the encouragement we receive is all because of Jesus. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And he who lives and believes in me will never die. I like to explain those verses at Christian funerals. As God's children, we have one type of life, which we will lose, only to get it back better than ever on the last day. That is our physical life. We will lose it eventually, unless our Lord returns first. But if not, we'll still get it back better than ever when he does return. But we also have another type of life which we will never lose. And that is the new life granted us at our baptism. That is our life in Christ. That is our life which has been redeemed by Christ the crucified. That is certainly encouraging. Well, now that we've been encouraged, we can encourage others, especially in this congregation. For example, join our meal ministry and bring meals to people after surgery or in crisis or after the birth of a child. Join our visitation ministry and visit the homebound and the hospitalized. Join our prayer team and pray for those in need 
encouraged people encourage people. The last three Sundays of the church here, we usually address the theme of the end times, and we are encouraged to be prepared, not scared. Why? Well, Paul reminds us in our epistle lesson, for God has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. It's all good. So encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing now. Amen.